And welcome in, everybody, to the Landry Football Podcast, part of the Radio Influence Network. We really appreciate those guys and what they do in bringing you this podcast each and every day. I uh, hope that um, those of you that join us on Twitch TV or on Facebook or YouTube, uh, we always appreciate uh, your involvement in the show and your comments and your questions that make the show go We we try to do this for the fans. We're doing this for you. And so we want to make it interactive. And some of you have time to send in a question. And you can always send an email question at contact Chris over at LandryFootball.com. Or you can send one on Twitter at LandryFootball is where you can reach me there. But some of you like to maybe react or ask about things um, that uh, I think are you know, maybe pertinent to the show. So we really appreciate your involvement. Um, want to remind you at LandryFootball.com, you know what we do there. If you don't know, check it out. You can get all our podcasts. You can get our uh, live Twitch show, but you can get a lot of inside information around the college, around the pro game, um, from recruiting to evaluating college rosters, to NFL free agency, the draft. We got it all for you. So uh, we are a day late this week, as we normally do this show at 9 a.m. Central on Thursdays due to senior bowl scouting duties. Um, had to kind of make some adjustments. So we appreciate you uh, making the adjustment with us. We're going to talk a little bit about the senior bowl get into that and kind of what teams do and what the teams that are involved in the Super Bowl are doing and the teams that are um, uh, not in the Super Bowl, which are the other 30, what do they do? And we'll talk about kind of a little bit who stood out and, and kind of how to evaluate things. We're also going to get into the Deshaun Watson situation and um, how things kind of um, played out there and have played out and kind of how do you deal with a situation like that? So um, we appreciate always we'll take your questions and comments. So join it and I'll get to it and, and we'll, uh, we'll integrate it into the shell. So as I mentioned, we had the senior bowl this week in mobile uh, been there now every year since 1974. Um, I wasn't a, a mature uh, adult scouting in 1974. I'm not that old, uh, but I've been there every year since 1974. Um, it's always a great learning event about these players. Um, it's not about playing in the game. It's about playing in the game, but practicing in the game, getting coached by NFL coaches, it is a chance to get to meet with the coaches. It's a can chance to get to um, in pads, perform, but probably more importantly, what it does. And the reason it's coached by NFL folks, it's it, it the game is not designed. I want to say this correctly: not designed to win the game. You want to win the game. You're on the American team, and it's. American and national, not North and South, you know, you want to win. Once you get in a game, you want to beat them, but that's not what it's designed for. You don't strategize to try to get somebody off the mark. What you're trying to do is showcase the individual qualities of the players. It's the all-star games are designed just for that. It's for evaluation 
this is not a like a Pro Bowl type game where it's clearly showcasing and it's fun. This game's serious. There's a lot at stake. You can help yourself, maybe to some degrees, not hurt yourself, but if you fail to help yourself, have you hurt yourself? I think that's a fair, maybe rhetorical question. I, I think the answer is yes, um, but it's a real good evaluation tool and having a lot of the um, the the one-on-one drills and the way we do it um, are things that you want to be able to showcase and you want to be able to see um, how things are going with regard to um, the process of being able to handle situations that you didn't ha- have to do in college or you weren't asked to do. So you play a lot of zone coverage, you have to play man. You play you play more zone, and now you've got to be able to play off coverage. There are a lot of things that you do that you're asked to do in this all-star game just to show your ability to adjust, playing a different position, playing different spots, showing your versatility. It, it doesn't necessarily mean how you execute, but your ability to adapt. And a lot of the things that, that take place – or about the ability to adapt and finish um, in, in a teaching session in the, the classroom. So all those things are really, really important. Um, obviously, the world's different now. We've got different circumstances. Um, only 10 members of each interval organization could come to this year's um, uh, senior ball. And we're all subject to testing. There's no media at the senior ball this year, no fans at the senior ball. So only uh, thus that only those of us that are NFL personnel. Um, I wasn't thrilled about going. I wasn't thrilled about getting that test. We were required to take that test. And, you know, it's, it's in a bubble. The, the other thing that was – so that's a big part of it. Now, the the two teams that are coaching at Miami Carolina are – they get 12. Um, so they get a couple of more people. But obviously, you normally have more people than that for each organization. So you don't have as many people. But in some ways, it's a little bit more organized and less chaotic like, you know, not having agents, not having fans, and nothing against the fans. It's just the, – and the fans can't go on the field anyway, so fans are not the issue. But not having the agents, not having anybody that's not supposed to be there. It's it's fine for college coaches to go there. It's a convention. But they all end up on the field, and, and quite frankly, it's tough. You know, you get people – you want to help people – People are giving you your resume and everything, and you want to help. I mean, I I, I got to have a separate file for resumes and stuff. But the, you 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 want to say I'll help you. I can't help you now because I got to watch and do my work here. But maybe let's talk tonight, or maybe let's talk next week. And, and there's a lot of that. With that not being the case this year, it's made it a lot smoother. The other thing that. I think you need to know about this senior bowl this year is that we changed how we interviewed, meaning um, 
they didn't have the they'll grab a guy and interview him like you normally do. It was much more organized. They were done between um we call those little plexiglass things for safety. Um so I, I think it was good. Every team will interview every player at the senior bowl for 15 minutes. So it's really important because it's face to face. Even though you got the plexus, it's face to face, right? We're not going to be able to do that in a <clears throat> combine setting this year because the combine, as you know, as I've talked about, it's going to be different. Um, so the players that are here, getting face to face with them is even more valuable. Normally, what you do is you try to get as many of the guys interviewed at the All-Star Games as possible in a normal year I'm talking about. Then when you go to the Combine, you can focus on the guys you haven't met with. And so you really want to get to know them. And a lot of the things that people say, well, what are you interviewing? This is not the type of interview that – it's not like the interviews with the media. and they, I'm not talking about those type of interviews where tell me how you feel and what do you – you know, it, these are – these are in-depth football conversations, and quite frankly, you want to get to know what a guy knows, a little bit about his character, how he's going to respond to situations, um, in some cases putting him on the spot, being quite, quite blunt about, well, why did you do this? Why do you do that? Putting a play up on the film when you're in a meeting that he didn't do a very good job. What were you thinking here? Why would you do that? Just to see how you respond to that. All those things are important. So being able to get that um, is really important. And, and that's that's how, you know, you get a lot of a start on, on a player. You got to do more follow-up stuff. But this year, without the ability to do face-to-face stuff, and it's looked like that's going to be the case, it was, was even more important. Um, the meetings and everything, the mass, everybody did all of that. And, and, and so everything was kind of bubbled as best that you can. Um, probably the best advantage you have in the senior bowls to coach it. Think about this for a second. You have a full week of interviews with all the players on your team. So, you are literally in a meeting. You are literally teaching them and you're seeing how they respond. So it's like having them in a classroom setting for an entire week. You can learn an awful lot. One of the things that I always try to do is I've done it a couple of different ways. You'll have a modified playbook, but what I like to do, and I like this teaching a lot, um, you got to, you want to see how guys know certain things. So I, I don't care what you know from your past. What I want to know, because what you know doesn't matter. Okay. What's important is how can you learn? And part of what you know is a byproduct of how you can learn and you've learned that. We're going to teach you what you need to know. So what's your retention skills? What's your ability? So one of the things I try to do is have a modified playbook and have them teach it to the rest of the group. 
because, okay, you know it. Uh, yeah, I, I know it. No, no, no. Show me that you know it. Go up and draw it up. The other thing I tried to do one year, and I, I thought it worked very well. Didn't have a playbook written. Do an oral playbook. Make them take notes and form the playbook. You guys are going to form the playbook. You find out who can pick things up quickly. You can find out um, how attentive they are. What are their retention skills? Here's the thing. Just because I mean, there's some people that are really smart. And I don't know, since we learn more and more about society, we, we got a lot of people with ADD. You know, we when I was a kid, uh, we never heard the term ADD, you know, but how many kids today that you see in school that clearly have ADD, the attention spans like, you know, I mean, the younger you are, that's the case. Some guys just drift and they don't focus and they, you know, it's not that they're not smart. They have some attention deficit disorder issues. It's important to understand what you're dealing with from a teaching standpoint. How are you going to have to teach certain guys is critical. Um, those things are very, very important to know and understand. Um, so it's not, well, we're going to put them through this test and then we're going to eliminate them based on that. No, it's just understanding what's a guy's learning skill and what, what can he do, what he can't do. Those things are really, really important to, to, to ascertain through the process. So I think it's, there's chapter and verse of how much you're able to learn through the process of teaching these guys and coaching these guys. Um, you know, I think that those are, those are kind of the issues that you can learn through this uh, whole teaching process. I think it's a great advantage. Um, how do teams, and I've been fortunate to be part of going to a Super Bowl, and then obviously you're at the Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl's the same time. I mean, sometimes it's it's a, it's this year's calendar is a little different, but the Senior Bowl is always kind of in the week between the conference championship game in the Super Bowl. So the teams that are in the Super Bowl, um, the scouts, the personnel department, they're here. So the Bucks and the Chiefs are here. Um, anybody that's associated with the team, the coaches, they're back with their team. The scouts of the teams are here. Now, uh, anybody that's maybe a pro scout that's really involved with helping in game planning may not be here. They may be more towards, uh, working towards next week's game plan. Um, but your college scouting folks are here and you may even see in some cases, the GM should be here, particularly if he's a football guy. Um, having a guy who's a cap guy coming there just to, you know, to be a show pony out there is not, not really valuable, particularly if you're going to have a limit on 10 people there, you need to have good evaluators there. So a lot of people in the league, of course, will have maybe their coordinators there and their scouting staff there. Whereas if you're Kansas city, you're Tampa this year, 
or in any year, the Super Bowl participants, their coaches are not there. The coaches are not going to the Senior Bowl if you're in the Super Bowl. Uh, everybody else is coming here. So even though you're not coaching it, you're around it. We also implemented a rule where not only the coaching coaches that are coaching the Senior Bowl, they get to coach their team, but they literally during the middle of the week, they swap. How weird is that? I know that sounds weird. Again, not a normal football game. So one staff will go and coach the other team in meetings. It's a way to get to know the personnel. So now you know the personnel of all the players in the game, not just the ones on your team. Again, not sharing secrets. You're just trying to get to know and put things together that can really ascertain the skill set. So really, really valuable. Um, Some thoughts here. Um, Who looked good? Uh, There are a number of guys that I thought did a really good job. But the details, they can go to LandryFootball.com. I've got a scouting report on every player every day of practice. So you want to take advantage of that and take advantage of our scouting discount. But I thought um, Larry Roundtree did a good job. Uh, I thought Thursday was his best practice. I thought he showed good vision and patience. Um, He's got a lot of good cuts in this game. I tell you who did a good job at running back as well is Kylan Hill. This is not in any particular order. It's just some ideas. Um, Off the top of my head, I made some notes. I think I wrote, jot some names down to talk about. Um, Kylan Hill is another guy he did. He worked all three days, uh, consistent. Remember he didn't play, um, this year. Um, he's got really good footwork. Um, he can create yards, um, on contact, good contact balance. And I like his burst through the hole. Um, John Bates, a tight end of Boise state, somebody you need to be aware of. He's not the most explosive or quickest or the great greatest athlete, but he's a really good player. Very efficient, terrific blocker, consistent, uh, late addition, but he really helped himself. On the offensive line, I thought Adrian Neely of Oklahoma did a very good job. Um, really good week of practice. Got, got better. That's the other thing, too. You can't sit there and say, oh, I watched a little bit of practice, and I heard somebody say he was beaten. Uh, boy, he had a bad week. No. No, doesn't mean that at all. Uh, gets beat, maybe in a drill, comes back, and executes better. That's what you're looking for. Guy that can learn and adapt quickly. That That's that's key. Thought he did a really good job, really good in the run game. Really excelled there, strong guy. I thought um, Taquan Graham of Texas did a really good job. Um, I thought um, was really good uh, going up against Creed Humphrey, um, which they did in, in, in the conference, but really good. Um, I thought he had real good success. I thought he showed good hand usage, um, but he's got to improve his upper body strength. He's, he's really good. Cam sample is a, is a guy you need to be aware of out of Tulane, um, guy that I studied all year. Um, really, really good. Um, I thought he did a good job against a very good center out of Kentucky, Drake Jackson, very aggressive. Shows good pass rush, good leverage, really good job. Um, I thought Keith Taylor at University of Washington did a really good job. Uh, 
really effective playing in zone, but uh, in college, but really did a good job of pattern matching. Really did a good job coming up, defending the screen. Really good there. Uh, who else did um, I thought it was Frank Darby of Arizona State? Um, I thought really helped himself out a lot. I thought he was very good defending, uh, uh, very good getting open in the red zone. Uh, DJ Daniel of Georgia <clears throat> did a good job corner there and some really good reps. Really stood out in seven on seven. Did some good things. Those are just some some names. Uh, some other guys to keep an eye out on. I mentioned the Wisconsin Water Center. Uh, um, really good. Central Florida safety. Richie Grant has got good versatility. Uh, watch for him. Um, Western Michigan receiver Dwayne Eskridge is a really good player that you may not know as much about. You should. It's really good. Um, Deontay Smith, the East Carolina offensive tackle, very good player. Need need to get to know him. Um, very, very good. Uh, Demetric Felton, really, this is another example of a guy, played a lot of running back at UCLA, moving to receiver, good hands, just got great versatility in today's game. Uh, University of Cincinnati's tackle, of course, he had a really good team. The tackle, James Hudson, is another good guy. Plenty more. I'm not going to go through everybody. Um, you know, we. I'm not going to go to everybody here. Got it all on the website. That that's what that's for. So, um, those are some guys that really stood out. And get to your questions in the second. Um, um, <clears throat> I want to get to um, some thoughts about Deshaun Watson and the issue that's going on there with him has been much publicized. Um, and in today's world, you can let the media, social media, the the fan, the real media kind of create the narrative of a situation if you don't get a handle around it. So, and I was asked, I believe uh, on the other show, and I think may have been Rich Coates or somebody asked about why is he unhappy? Well, first of all, no one really knows. Everyone speculates hadn't gotten along with the owner that the owner may have indicated to him that he was going to keep him informed on the coaching searches and the GM search. Um, and then he didn't and therefore is upset and not happy with who they hired. Um, again, if you take the word of the gossip out there as gospel, you're foolish. We don't know what happened, but we know that there's some negativity about where the program has kind of been. They've got some issues maybe in their organization that probably needs to be looked at. They hired a new GM. First of all, I don't ask and I'm not interested in a player <clears throat> being involved in telling me who I'm going to hire as a general manager, as a head coach or who I'm going to draft. Um, it's not their role and it's not their responsibility and it's not fair to them. 
Um, and what I mean by that is, look, playing is playing. I played. Coaching is different than playing. Scouting is different than coaching. Administrating is different than scouting and coaching and playing. They're all different. I, I, I really believe that having experiences in a lot of areas helps you to learn more things. But they're different, okay? And I, the best way I could describe it is if if you're a good plumber, you probably, because you, you're probably good with your hands, you probably could be a good carpenter. You probably could be a good electrician. But they're different things. They're different electrical codes and different plumbing codes and different, you know, construction codes that you need to know. And they're differences. One doesn't just automatically doing the other just doesn't guarantee. Now, a lot of people, I'm not talking about just doing stuff around the house. I'm talking about professionally. So there's, it's not fair to put it on a player and it's not fair to hold a player responsible. And look, if you draft a player, sign a player, sign a coach, draft a coach, uh, not draft a coach, uh, sign a coach, sign a GM, you you don't hang it on a player because it doesn't work. It's your responsibility. The buck stops here. Now, with that said, I do believe in communicating. I believe if you got a franchise player in today's world, it's a little bit different than maybe in the past. I, I, I think... It's all, it's tough to do it today because everybody's chirping, but you'd like to let your players know who your new head coach is going to be, your new GMs before they hear it where else, you know, so, well, I had to hear it on Twitter. Well, I mean, it's almost impossible today to be able to get it to you, but you got to do a good job of that. You got to do a good job of communicating, but a lot of things get spread around before it, and it gets out there. And I'm a little sensitive to that at times. I've personally have found out stuff that something is going to get done and I'm not really comfortable mentioning it. And it could be maybe the first to do it. But if it means that a player on a team is going to find out something before he's told from, yeah, I'm not going to do that because my relationship was with the people in football. And it becomes uncomfortable when the communication is not really good. I can't sit there and tell you, here's the communication problem. Here's the screw up. Here's the fault of the guy. I mean, people have faulted ownership. And look, I mean, they certainly are. It's a problem between Deshaun Watson and ownership. If Cal McNair told Deshaun Watson that he would, quote unquote, involvement, involve him in the GM hire, well, that's a mistake because you don't involve him. I don't know that he did tell him that. I don't know that he didn't. But if he did, it's wrong. I do think if you think involvement is communicating, yeah, I think I think that's important. I think letting them know as quick as you can and even letting them know, um, you know, kind of how the process is going 
without revealing stuff that you're you're not comfortable doing, I think it's fine too. I also think this. I think it's good to seek thoughts. I think it's good to engage a great player, not just Deshaun Watson, but any player. Okay, what would you like to see? What do you think? Not, I don't want to hear you. Just give me your general ideas of what type of a coach that you think that we need currently. And you take good notes, not just from him. I think you should always have a leadership council, not only in college, but in the NFL, your players. You have somebody that represents the offensive line, somebody that represents the running backs and the receivers. And, the you know, obviously your quarterback should be important. Your defensive line, your linebackers, I mean, guys like that. I think you should seek, get their thoughts. You know, but sometimes when, when you get their thoughts, people get – they take that and say, well, I don't know why I talked to you because you didn't do what I said. Well, because it's not your job to make that decision. I will listen to it, and I may agree with it. I may not. I also may want to go down a certain path that you might like, but maybe it doesn't work out, and we have to go in a different direction. You have to understand that that's a different role and a different job. So, I always like to tell folks, and the best way to do it is to communicate. Is I always like to, hey, come in. Let's schedule some time. Let's get not just one guy, but let's just get a sample of guys. But I do it independently. I don't want, you know, yeah, yeah, I agree. I want different people giving me their ideas independently. And I can ask some questions. And I, I would give maybe 15, 20 minutes to each of them. It takes longer, but it's a better way to do it. You get individual ideas and then you get different ideas to see what to get the feel for the locker room i think those things are valuable that's that's a useful involvement i don't know what happened in this situation people may say oh well i know because i read no you don't know that's what somebody is speculating on and it may be this situation needs to be repaired if I'm Nick Cesario, the way I'm handling it, and I've been busy, I just hired my head coach. So I've got David Cully. I'm going to sit down with Deshaun Watson, and I'm going to hear from him, not anybody else. What are your concerns? What has happened here that's caused you to be uncomfortable? To find out truly if that is the case, truly – why and go from there. I would reach out to people that know the player the best. Okay. This case, it's Deshaun Watson. So he's very close to his mother. Um, he's very close to Dabo Sweeney. There's a couple other people on the staff at Clemson. I'm going to visit with them. I already probably know a little bit about, Deshaun Watson, even though I'm a new general manager, because I did the work on him when he came out in the draft. But I'm going to do more work now, and I'm going to say I want to learn a little bit more about where he's coming from, what he's like, and then I want to speak with some other folks that may know him, and I want to get a good feel for him. Then I want to bring him in, and I want to hear him out. And 
I want to tell him what our vision is and what we're doing and how it's important we do what's best for the team. And what's best for the team is you as our leader. You as our quarterback. Um, I can't control what's happened here in the past, but I can control what's happening going forward. <clears throat> now, is this irreparable damage? Is this a owner quarterback issue that's not going to change? I, I'm telling you, uh, you can't fire owners. I, I'd, I'd like to sometimes. Um, it, it doesn't work. If there's irreparable damage, and th th then you got to figure that out. Figure out if there's a way to get pass it. Let me just say this. The Texans don't have to trade him. Oh, they got to trade him. He said, no, he's not going to show up. He, you can find him a large amount of money. He can retire and a lot of things. There's some leverage he has. First of all, he has a no trade clause in his contract. So he can veto any trade that you try to make. But he cannot force you to trade him. He can not show up and he can be fined and he could lose his money. And when the paychecks start, to, I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, you can play hardball, but the bottom line is you can't allow the media and the agent to dictate how you run your team. You also don't want to set a precedent. For anybody that has a problem, I want to get traded. This is how we do it because then it becomes an issue. But I also want to make sure because there's some people that are troublemakers. From what I know about Deshaun Watson, that's really not his thing. He's usually a – I mean, he is – so, I, you know, I want to get to know it, and, and I want to really dig down into it. And – if it is a irreparable damage between him and the owner, then you've got to see about what are the options are. But I'm going to tell you, I am going to exhaust that A to Z on ways to keep them. Um, for people that say, where is he going to go? He's going to trade to this one and that one. A couple of things. It's going to cost you in two ways. It's going to cost you multiple first-round picks. And again, remember, first-round picks are not first-round picks. There's the first pick in the first round, and there's this 32nd pick in the first round, and there are picks in between. Same with any other round. So not all first-round picks, second-round picks, third-round picks are equal. Of course they're not. It's going to cost multiple high picks. And it's going to cost a lot of cap room and a lot of money to make that move. <clears throat> and when there are other options, you've got different teams in different situations. Deshaun Watson makes you better. In, in most cases, makes the team a contender, even ones that are not very good. But if it's going to, if you're in a rebuild mode, and it's going to cost you a lot of draft capital. It may limit 
what you can do around a quarterback, as opposed to drafting a young quarterback. If you can get that guy playing and playing well early, you got him under a rookie contract. It gives you an advantage. So don't know how this is going to play out. I don't know things that are, um, that are going to, how, you know, from a proceeding standpoint, how this is going to play going forward. But to me, I think you got to be real careful about how you go uh, with that. Couple of questions on uh, that was sent in. I want to get to, and then I'll get into. I want to talk a little bit Super Bowl preparation and and a little bit look at that. But a uh, couple of things that was came out of the Senior Bowl too is I mentioned that we're going to have pro days instead of combine this year. Um. It's looking more and more, as you might expect, the West Coast teams are going to have a harder time holding on to their pro days. Uh, one of the things we got out of there is that some of the West Coast teams, Stanford, UCLA, what have you, either not going to have their pro day because you can't have the gathering or the possibility of moving it to someplace east, east from California, maybe someplace like Texas. That's one thing. The other thing that I'm noticing is that it's going to be tougher and tougher for the G5 schools to um, pull off the pro days more than the power five schools. And so how many of these pro days we're going to have, is going to be less than we normally have, but those are some, some uh, things to keep in mind. All right. Thoughts on the Super Bowl. Great storyline quarterbacks, Tampa with, um, Tom Brady, it's a great story. He stabilized that team, but let's just call it like it is. This is a team that's built and has played well and has got to the Super Bowl because Brady stabilized and minimized the mistakes that they make. And and look, he had some turnovers. He's not played flawlessly by any stretch in the playoffs, but he stabilized it. It's not like when they had Winston and there were a mistake waiting to happen at every moment. This is a situation where they've stabilized things, minimized the mistakes, and they're playing great defense. And that's why they've gotten better through the course of the season. Um, Kansas City's starting to play like Kansas City. The playoffs have been clean, crisp, not like last year. They've been sharp, and it's going to be awfully tough for the Bucs to beat them. We're going to get into the breakdowns on Landry football, and we're going to certainly talk about it a little bit more, a lot more next week. But it's a old versus new. We know the storylines of what it's going to be. Uh, thing that's going to be a little bit different this year. And I've been in Super Bowls where you've got a one week preparation and a two week preparation. This obviously is a, a bye week in between. Um, but what's unique this year is we'd be talking about on uh, Sunday and Monday, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday, teams leaving to the for the Super Bowl site. Not going to happen this year. Teams are showing up next Friday, and uh, that's made for more seamless preparation. You normally, even when you leave this weekend to go, you normally have the game plan in uh, before you go. And you just polish it once you get there. Now you really have all your work done, and once you get over there on Fridays, it's just walkthroughs. So, 
it's going to be pretty seamless. We're going to get into kind of how things are done and how things are a little bit done with the, with the Super Bowl preparation next week. I want to end the show with some questions and appreciate your being involved. Uh, Spart Martin says a lot of the draft boards have Miami taken Smith and Harris, both from my, uh, from Miami. Do you think that is actually likely because having two at quarterback? Um, well, first of all, you're talking about draft boards. That's the internet. Those are not draft boards. Those are just discussions. I think those are in play because they're good players, but, and they've also drafted a lot of Miami guys, but nothing, nothing much there. Um, Spartan Martin also says, I've been hearing a lot about Kadarius Tony draft stock rising from the senior bowl practice, uh, and pit stock falling. No, that's, that's very, very not, not accurate. Um, but Tony's been a little bit up and down, but really talented Pitts is going to be fine. What interviews have stood out the most? Um, let me get into more on that next week. I don't have a lot of time. Blaine uh, Smith says, uh, I believe the Saints are definitely going to look much different next season because of the salary cap that kicked the can down the road. Yes. Um, they've got a lot of salary cap work to do. Obviously, the quarterback situation is going to be interesting to see how they handle it. Uh, appreciate Kev Calargo being involved. Can you explain how the Bucks personnel department has become so proficient? I've monitored Jason Light's entire tenure. There's definitely been a marked improvement. Well, here's the thing. Um, he made some bad decisions with regards to the quarterback, and now it just goes to show you can have a really good team, but if you have poor quarterback play, mistake-filled quarterback play can pull the team down. He stabilized it, and that's the difference. Um, Rich Coach says, what were your scouting evaluations? Jerry Rice, Mike Alstott, Phillip Rivers, all good on all three of those. Uh, those are real key. And then Spart Barton, uh, appreciate you becoming involved and Rock Westfall talking about ownership. Hey, folks, we really appreciate you joining us next week. We're going to get heavy into the Super Bowl talk. Uh, so hope that you join us then. Remember to check out LandryFootball.com for all the latest. Have a great weekend, everybody.